It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Fearful for her children. I'm not doing good. I'm just, I'm feeling heartbroken right now. The guardianship decision that's left a Vancouver mother now fighting for her kids as police search for her ex-husband still on the run. Plus, new surveillance video of an ambush at a Langley Starbucks drive-through. There's two of them dressed in black. The dramatic gunfire ringing out, leaving a young man seriously injured. And then rallying against a biofuel facility. We're talking about our environment, and our environment is forever. The growing opposition in South Surrey about a new proposal turning waste into natural gas. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. A Vancouver mother says she's worried about her children after a judge's ruling. The children's father is Cody Casey, a notorious criminal who has been on the run for more than a year and is currently wanted on a Canada-wide warrant. As Catherine Urquhart reports, the judge's decision appears contrary to the advice of several agencies, including police. Cody Casey is an alleged drug kingpin wanted on a Canada-wide warrant. He vanished in April of last year while on house arrest after cutting off his ankle bracelet. A $100,000 reward was announced for his whereabouts. As the police, we are not looking for your name or for you to testify. We have all the evidence that we need. We are only seeking information that leads to Mr. Casey being located and arrested. Now Casey's desperate ex-wife is speaking out, saying she fears her children may be taken out of the country. This after a judge awarded temporary guardianship to Cody Casey's new wife. Are there any issues that you have that might um, make the judge concerned? Do you have any addiction problems or any other issues? No, I have no issues. I don't drink. I don't smoke. Since I've been here in Vancouver, I've worked. The Ministry of Children and Family Development shares the mother's fears. In this recent letter, they state, the director would have immediate safety concerns if either Mr. Casey or his wife were to obtain custody of your children. And if either Mr. Casey or his wife were to obtain custody or have access, this would initiate a child protection investigation. Vancouver police are also involved. Their Intimate Partner Violence and Risk Assessment Unit has documented allegations of abuse by the stepmother. I can't talk to them. I can't, I can't touch my kids. I'm absolutely stunned as to how something like this can happen. Hawa Hunter admits she was unreachable for two weeks as the stepmother was seeking guardianship through the courts. I did drop out of sight. And I had my reasons, and it was due to me having fear. This is something I had expressed, that I was worried about me and my kids' safety. Hunter's lawyer is seeking an emergency court injunction to have the guardianship reversed. 
It remains unclear why the judge appeared to ignore concerns raised by police and the ministry. I'm not doing good. I'm feeling heartbroken right now. Absolutely broken, if I'm being honest. Cody Casey's whereabouts remain unknown, although it's widely believed he's no longer in Canada. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. A shooting that happened during the morning rush hour in Langley this week was over in the blink of an eye. Global News has obtained surveillance video showing the Thursday morning ambush in a Starbucks drive through And we want to warn you, the images are disturbing. For a brief moment, calm at the Starbucks drive through in Langley. That tranquility shattered seconds later as the victim is about to get ambushed. Shocking video provided to Global News shows as he's rounding the curve, two people in black clothing emerge. One suspect inadvertently loses his footing. And a warning, you are about to see a second suspect fire several rounds at the vehicle. The victim survives as more gunfire ring out. Heard a bunch of loud bangs. I turned to look behind me and saw the victim with blood coming down his face. Oh, I asked him if he knew what happened or who it was, and all he said was they were waiting for me. This witness, who Global News is not identifying, came to the young man's aid and says he was shot in the mouth and leg. The violence erupting just before 8.30 Thursday at the Langley Starbucks on 216th Street and Fraser Highway. The lady behind me was quite shaken as she saw the shooters. There was two of them dressed in black, and then they exited through the bushes after they round about five shots to the vehicle. About 15 minutes later, a torch vehicle matching the description of a getaway vehicle was located at 68th Avenue and 229th Street, according to RCMP. Any links to gang violence are being investigated. We're, we're confident now there were at least two uh, at the scene. Beyond that, we don't have uh, any solid description. RCMP say the man suffered serious injuries and are asking for any other witnesses to come forward. In a second day of protests in downtown Vancouver, hundreds called for the release of hostages being held by Hamas after the October 7th attacks. Standing on the steps of the Vancouver Art Gallery, demonstrators held posters with the faces of those still unaccounted for, chanting, bring them home. Protesters say they hope if enough people raise their voices, those who are kidnapped will be returned home safely to their families. Many in attendance have connections to Israel and some even have loved ones who have been captured. We need to stand with Israel. We need to stand with morality. We need to stand for human life. It's estimated there are still more than 200 people being held captive by Hamas. Israel is stepping up its assault inside Gaza, saying its military hit hundreds more Hamas targets overnight. Gaza's health ministry operating under Hamas says more than 8,000 Palestinians have been killed by Israeli shelling. According to Israeli officials, more than 1,400 people were killed during the Hamas attack in southern Israel on October 7th. Israel says its war against Hamas is retaliation for the atrocities committed. A warning, some of the images in our coverage are disturbing. Daniel Hamamjin reports. 
More aid trucks crossed into Gaza today, bringing in food, water and medicine. That's now 117 trucks in total since they first opened the border nine days ago. But just to give you an idea, that's still only a quarter of what would normally go in on a single day. Every sunrise in Gaza reveals a new level of destruction and desperation. Overnight, residents broke into United Nations warehouses and distribution centers to get their hands on basic things like flour. The UN warns civil order is starting to break down. The latest directive by the Israeli military, the evacuation of Al-Quds Hospital, currently housing up to 15,000 wounded and displaced according to the director. The Israeli army told us this is going to be a military zone. Israel says it's now in the next phase of the war against Hamas and has repeatedly implied Al-Shifa Hospital, the biggest in Gaza, could be a target. Hamas, the IDF claims, is operating a command center beneath the hospital underground. Doctors Without Borders told Global News today their staff have seen no evidence of that. The situation in the uh, Shifa hospital is extremely uh, uh, dire. Uh, we are running out of almost everything in terms of supplies and consumables. The most basic dressings, the most basic medication, most basic painkillers. Children undergo surgery with no morphine and the generators running on fuel have almost nothing left in the tank. But it appears Hamas hasn't run out. The group needs fuel to launch rockets, and rockets have not stopped falling on Israel. But that's not all. One of the key uses of fuel is also to ventilate that subway system, if you will, that underground tunnels where Hamas has its operations. Um, and so one of the key reasons that Israel had been looking to cut off fuel was in order to prevent that ventilation, to essentially suffocate them out of tunnels and bring them above ground. If that is indeed the case, how many more weeks or months worth of fuel does Hamas have left in stock? In the meantime, it's the innocent on the ground who pay a heavy price. Local journalists working with Global News stumbled upon a little boy named Omar today. I'm a Canadian Palestinian. I moved, I lived in Canada for seven years and then I moved to Palestine. I had lots of friends and now I don't know of them because of the war. I wish this war could end and all my family would become safe and I could just go back to my school. In an unannounced visit today, the top prosecutor of the International Criminal Court went to the Rafah border between Egypt and Gaza. He wasn't allowed into Gaza, but later said that obstructing relief supplies could constitute a crime under the ICC jurisdiction. Daniel Hamamjin, Global News, Jerusalem. Back here at home, people packed an East Vancouver restaurant today to raise money for conflict victims in Gaza. Tamam fine Palestinian cuisine is usually closed on Sundays, but staff opened the door today in hopes of making a difference the best way they know how through food. Julia Foy reports. 
Price. Thank you for coming. Yeah, of course. At the Tamam Palestinian restaurant in East Vancouver, customers say they come for the atmosphere. It's a really strong neighborhood establishment, and they've, um, over the years, have done a lot of work around um, connecting East Van to Palestine. Are you eating here or taking out? They come for the cuisine. Tamam and Sobi are incredible people, and uh, Tamam makes incredible food. We're two proud Palestinians, myself and my wife, and we opened this restaurant because we are proud of our culture, our cuisine. And on Sunday afternoon, they came for a purpose. A special lunch was offered in exchange for a donation to help Palestinian civilians caught in the deadly conflict. To make sure that we uh, support them and uh, just like help them uh, raise donations for the people in Gaza. This is a chance for the community to come uh, and donate and to feel part of what's going on and I, I feel like it's a good thing to do and I hope that we can raise a little bit of money that we can send to Gaza. I'll bring you food now. Customers kept coming. We've been coming here to this restaurant for a long time and just knowing that they have family in Palestine um, and you know sending love to their family there. You can't imagine what is going on there now. And so this is a little gesture of solidarity and you know I'm happy that they're here and I'm, I just want to give a little bit of my heart to people who are suffering. People my age are suffering, people younger than me are suffering um, and like you know it's really unfair for little kids to have to be going through. Excellent, thank you. Zobedi says the donations will go to Doctors Without Borders and one of the relief food providers allowed to access Gaza. He hopes this is the beginning of other humanitarian efforts across Canada to help create peace in the region. There is a light out of all this darkness, out of all this bloodshed. This, and I feel there is a solution for all this. It is called one democratic secular state for all the people living on the land. Julia Foy, Global News. Protesters gathered at Peace Arch Park this afternoon in opposition to a proposed biofuel facility in South Surrey. The biofuel facility is planned to be built on semi-Amu First Nation land beside Highway 99, not far from the Peace Arch border crossing. The goal is to be able to convert food waste and packaging into natural gas, with the First Nation selling it back to Fortis, B.C. Locals feel the project and its potential environmental impact is too close to home. Once we damage these beautiful beaches, these beautiful waters, the Little Campbell River, there's very little going back. Um, I am particularly nervous about the potential of a smog cloud that will come over White Rock Beach. One of the gases that's um, expected to be released, sulfur oxides, are known to create what we understand to be that smog pattern that we all criticize Los Angeles for. Um, I don't want to have that over my beautiful beach, and I don't think a lot of my neighbours here today do. Residents feel the ideal location for such a facility should be near a landfill or industrial area. A second round of voting took place at a Surrey Gudwara today, allowing six to have their say in an unofficial referendum to create an independent state in India. Today's vote was at the same location where activist Hardeep Singh Nijjar was killed in June. The previous vote was held just days before Prime Minister Justin Trudeau alleged a link between Nijjar's death and the Indian government. The group running the referendum, U.S.-based Six for Justice, says while today's crowd isn't as large as the first vote, it still shows there is support for Khalistan.
Everybody just wants to come out and say, look, we want a voice. We just want to be able to say our opinion on Khalistan. And it's not terrorism. It's not violence. This is a democratic process and it's a legal right that we want to exercise. Six for Justice is holding votes around the world, hoping to get India's attention and influence change. Meanwhile, the Indian government has been critical of the non-binding referendum. Just ahead, safety on the internet. This problem is international. There are no borders or boundaries. How to safeguard your kids from online predators as an organ man is sentenced to 20 years for sexually exploiting three BC kids. Plus, enrollment record, the Metro Vancouver School District already bursting at the seams and the plans to address the issue. An organ man was sentenced to 20 years behind bars for the sexual exploitation of three B.C. youths earlier this week. As Travis Prasad reports, Carol Todd says the ruling sends a message that exploiters can no longer hide behind a screen. Kevin Robert McCarty pleaded guilty to one count of enticing a minor online and two counts of sexually exploiting children. U.S. authorities say the 37-year-old from Oregon used Snapchat and Instagram to coerce children into sharing sexually explicit images of themselves. His sentence, 20 years in a U.S. federal prison and a lifetime of supervised releases. His victims from B.C., three children between 14 and 15 years old from Comox Valley, the West Shore, and Surrey. This is also a message to um, exploitation offenders out there that you can't hide behind the screen, you can't hide behind the VPNs, right? Carol Todd is all too familiar with child sextortion. In a separate case, her daughter Amanda was tormented online for years before taking her own life in 2012 at the age of 15. Carol, now an anti-bullying and online safety educator. These are huge problems and, and I think what people need to understand is that exploitation and sextortion is child abuse. According to U.S. court documents, at McCarty's request, one of his victims sent over 50 nude photos and a video of herself in a sexual act with another minor. McCarty would demand more images, and if the children refused, pornographic content would be sent to family and friends, followed by graphic threats. Uh, this individual saying that uh, if you don't send me more, more images, then, uh, then you should commit suicide. Victim one came forward to authorities in 2020. The following year, McCarty was tracked down in Happy Valley, Oregon. I am so proud of those young people to step up and report and get the help they need. Todd believes more kids will find themselves in these situations as social media and online technology advances. She says prevention is critical and comes down to education. Parents and caregivers, talk to your kids about what to do if they know of someone who's being exploited online, sextorted online, lured, groomed. We all have to know what those things mean, and we have to know where to go for help if it's being done. Travis Prasad, Global News. Coming up, the Surrey teacher being recognized on a global stage. You're a top ten finalist. <gasps> oh, my God! Oh, my God! Annie Ohana's remarkable achievements that placed her in the top 10 and a chance to win $1 million. Plus, the effects of daylight saving time and how it's especially challenging for those living with Alzheimer's. A Surrey school teacher is on her way to Paris after being shortlisted to top 10 for the Global Teacher Prize.
You're a top ten finalist. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god! L.A. Matheson Secondary Social Justice Teacher and Indigenous Studies Department Head Annie Ohana has been selected as a finalist to win $1 million. Ohana was first chosen as top 50 from 7,000 nominees in September. The prize goes to educators who have had a positive impact on their students and their community. Ohana has been at her school for 12 years and created the must Mustang Justice Program, allowing youth to provide service towards justice. I would love to put together some, some larger programming for our students here. Um, and so that hopefully will happen. Like, like further experiential experiences, you know, going to Haida Gwaii, doing some things because we are an inner city school. And so we don't have the kind of funding required to take on some of those initiatives. Secondly, because of our student population here in Surrey, uh, I would love to develop a scholarship for people that don't have permanent residency or Canadian citizenship. Um, it is so sad to see the barrier to education. The winning teacher will be announced at the UNESCO's General Conference in Paris on November 8th. And good luck to her. The Surrey School District's enrollment has already hit a record high this year, exceeding previous projections. So far into the school year, more than 81,000 new students were welcomed into the district. More than 45,000 of those students in elementary schools and more than 31,000 in secondary schools. Among those students, English language support increased significantly, as well as the number of students who receive inclusive education support. The school board placed an emphasis on the rapidly developing Fleetwood area where no additional new schools are currently under construction. I think most of us use Fraser Highway you know every other day myself every day and are sort of aware of what's happening in that um, transition where they're sort of going from one corridor to the next to Langley. Um, I don't know what we're going to do when it gets built because there is no no potential schools you know, being scheduled in that area. And I think a lot of people aren't aware that we have as many children in portables as other districts have in their classrooms. That's how large our portable population is. Larson adds the record growth means the concept of double-decker portables may soon become a reality. You may soon be feeling the effects of daylight saving time ending, and sometimes it takes a few days to adjust. Doctors say changing the clock can be particularly challenging for people living with dementia and Alzheimer's. Health reporter Catherine Ward explains. Changing the clocks by an hour can throw anyone for a loop. But for people living with Alzheimer's or dementia, the time shift can impact their behavior. They're relying on those signals from the sunlight, for example, to tell them it's daytime, it's time to be awake, it's time to be alert and oriented. This expert on aging says this seemingly small change can trigger unintended consequences. Even that hour can cause sleep disturbances, which will keep them up at night and make them not follow their routine. You mess up the routine, and now you've got to retrain, restart. Dr. Samir Sinha says predictable routines are critical for these patients. When we change the clocks, for example, and it gets darker a little bit earlier in the day, that can actually trigger something called sundowning. So that sundowning is when we actually start seeing um, more irritability or changes in behaviors, a bit more confusion that can occur. Those living with memory impairments already struggle at night. Well, up to 45% of people with Alzheimer's and dementia have some sleep problems. They tend to sleep a bit 
uh, different than us during the day. They tend to have really fragmented sleep, lighter sleep, have really a uh, problem with their, with their uh, satisfaction of sleep, depending on the advancement of the disease. Doctors say caregivers have a key role to play when it comes to managing time changes. Keeping a routine uh, and keeping people active during that sunlight period of the day will help them kind of better transition well as well. Catherine Ward, Global News. Coming up, celebrating Diwali in downtown Vancouver. The colorful performances showcasing Punjabi and Hindu cultures. Something wicked transformed East Vancouver last night. Hundreds of witches and warlocks packed the streets for the return of the Parade of Lost Souls. This year's theme, Everything, Everywhere, All at Parade. The free family-friendly event had something for everyone, including a thriller flash mob and a witch's dance workshop. Looks like a great time. And Chief Meteorologist Mark Madriga joining us. Thanks for being with us on this Sunday. Yeah, a real pleasure. And, and the weather's perfect, mm-hmm. really. It was uh, it was another beauty, Krista. Truly blessed. Truly blessed. Yeah, it, it, we are. Uh, that's a live shot. Uh, we're losing our, our, our daylight now. It's just the sunset a little while ago, but the... Uh, just a few clouds in the sky, making it quite a colorful sunset. Six degrees is our temperature right now. The wind light out of the northwest. It's mostly clear, as you saw, just a few high clouds. And it'll be the same tomorrow. Last year, it was milder than what we got to today. It was about nine, a little over nine degrees for a high. Minus one was the low this morning. Not a record. That's back in 1991. The airport hit minus five. So again, just a few clouds tonight, mostly clear. More frost tomorrow morning and a Generally sunny day, maybe just a few high clouds, but a repeat of yesterday and today for the most part. These are the lows earlier today, and it was a cold one. There were a few records here and there, but mostly no records uh, across the province in the major uh, centers because 1984 leading up to Halloween was even much colder than what we're in right now, believe it or not. We do have some clouds sliding down from the north-northwest, and you see that on the big picture coming up and around. The ridge of high pressure still with us, so some areas will experience a bit more high cloud tomorrow and the southern interior included. Here's the future cast just to put it all together. Uh, leading into noon tomorrow, again, just a few high clouds, mostly sunny, uh, another beauty. And then on Tuesday, we'll be more into a mix of sun and cloud, and that'll lead us into Halloween night, which I have a forecast for in just a second. Uh, Prince Rupert, a low near zero, up to seven tomorrow. Again, mostly sunny, sunny for the central coast. Some cloud to drifting through the central interior again tomorrow, as they say, and into the southern interior maybe a bit. But otherwise, sunshine, another cold night ahead down to minus nine Merritt, minus five Kelowna and Osuias. Uh, South coast mostly sunny again tomorrow. Just a little bit of cloud as I've said. Uh, highs about 11 or 12 for the day tomorrow. Similar to today, a little cooler at the airport. Our five day forecast uh, again, oh that's Today, yeah, it was sunny. Uh, Monday, uh, sunny. A little more cloud Tuesday. And then a chance of rain later Wednesday. And it looks wet on Thursday. So Halloween Tuesday evening. I've seen Asa Raymond do this jig a few times, too. He's coming up in a minute. It looks good. Dry for Halloween almost everywhere in B.C., including Metro Vancouver. Boy, I like to dance like that. (laughs) Wish I could. There you go. Dry is what everyone is looking for on that Tuesday. All right. All right. Bringing the great forecast. Thanks, Mark. Well, it was a colorful celebration in downtown Vancouver today as Diwali got underway. Hundreds packed the Roundhouse Community Centre for the 20th annual Diwali Fest. 
an afternoon filled with music and dance performances, often called the Festival of Lights. This year's celebrations take on a different theme, showcasing the beauty of an Indian wedding. We use the themes and the events that are held at Indian weddings. Uh, a lot of people don't get an opportunity to go to Indian weddings. So by coming over here, uh, they're able to experience just how all the beauty of an Indian wedding. Diwali Fest celebrations will continue throughout the coming week, including events in Coquitlam and the big Indian wedding finale at Surrey City Hall. Now, these Indian weddings just last like a week and a half, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> That's the best. No, such a good time. Asa Raymond, thanks for joining us. What's going on in sports? Yeah, a lot going on. Uh, an exciting day if you're a sports fan. Mark, you were asking me yeah. about the Vancouver mm -hmm. Whitecaps last night. It was a disappointing mm -hmm. one. And uh, we'll recap what happened to the Vancouver Whitecaps last night. Also, look at the, uh, the uh, Vancouver Canucks highlights from last night. And then a big game for the Seattle Seahawks. Mm -hmm. They needed to come back to get the victory. We'll go over those highlights as well and then the heritage classic mark going uh, on right now as well okay yeah the uh, battle of alberta between the oilers and flames so lots coming up in sports excellent always excited to see the battle of alberta and yeah i think it's pretty cold there I mean, right the now commonwealth no, uh, i haven't checked the temperature yeah it's below freezing i'm sure so yeah <laughs> okay. well they're hardy people so all right thanks Lisa. we'll check in with you a little bit later well still ahead remembering actor matthew perry I left the message. I have some pride. Do you? No. <laughs> Paying tribute to the Friends actor who brought laughter and joy to so many. Atlantis and Unifor have until 11.59 Eastern time tonight to reach a deal for a new contract. Earlier this week, the union said it was working to secure similar deals to ones reached with Ford and Gen General Motors. Unifor is also looking for specifics from Stellantis on its electric vehicle plans for its plants in Canada. South of the border, Stellantis reached a contract agreement with the United Auto Workers Union this weekend. That deal, which still has to be voted on by workers, mirrors one already reached with Ford. Global Affairs Canada says it's investigating reports of a death of a Canadian in Acapulco following Hurricane Otis, which slammed parts of Mexico Wednesday. Officials say they're in contact with local authorities in Mexico, but because of privacy concerns, are not releasing any more information. The agency says 229 Canadians are registered in the state of Guerrero. 134 of them have reached out for assistance. The feds are advising Canadians who have plans, tra planned travels rather, to Mexico to exercise caution. The death toll from the Category 5 storm has risen to at least 39 as cleanup efforts begin. The wreckage to the popular tourist destination is estimated to be billions of dollars, according to the Mexican government. Fans are mourning a star from one of the most successful sitcoms of all time tonight. American-Canadian actor Matthew Perry was found dead at his home in Los Angeles yesterday. Perry was 54 years old. His career spanned four decades, but he's being remembered most as Chandler Bing in the mega-hit show Friends. Taria Isri reports. Please, could she be more out of my league? In a cast of six, Matthew Perry managed to stand out. I left the message. I have some pride. Do you? No. <laughs> Best known as the quirky and quick-witted character Chandler Bing.
The actor was found dead at his Los Angeles home Saturday. Police say the 54-year-old drowned in his hot tub. The sudden death of a star who helped cement friends as a cultural phenomenon. Perry made the character his own with his perfect timing and pure sarcasm. Could I be more sorry? <laughs> he also starred in a string of hit movies. Chewy, hi, Luke Skywalker. While the audience was laughing, few knew Perry was struggling with addiction. By the time I was 18, I was drinking, I was drinking every day. During the 2021 Friends reunion, Perry discussed using prescription drugs and alcohol to cope. To me, I felt like I was gonna die if they didn't laugh. Police sources told the LA Times no drugs were found at the scene, and they do not suspect foul play. After the discovery, Perry's family arrived at his L.A. home, including his Canadian mother, Suzanne Morrison, once press secretary to Pierre Elliott Trudeau, and his stepfather, Canadian broadcaster Keith Morrison. Perry was born in Massachusetts. His dad was American actor John Bennett Perry. When his parents divorced, he moved to Ottawa, where he and the current prime minister met as classmates. Who gets recognized more in Canada? <laughs> You or Trudeau? I would say Trudeau. Justin Trudeau tweeted, I'll never forget the schoolyard games we used to play. Thanks for all the laughs, Matthew. You were loved and you will be missed. You have to stop the Q-tip when there's resistance. A legendary comedian who will be remembered for his beloved character. <laughs> Taria Isri, Global News, Ottawa. <laughs> Coming up, the ever-exciting Heritage Classic. Side of the net. The big battle Kulak of Alberta continues. Asa Raymond is back here with all of those highlights. Stay with us. Okay, Sports Now with yeah. Asa Raymond. Thanks so much for being with us on this Sunday. Um, the Heritage, Excited to be here, yeah. Heritage Classic is... I, insane. It's always so crazy with the weather and then the sports. And It's oh. such a cool event mm -hmm. and really cool to, to see this one, the 20th anniversary of the event. I remember going back to that one in 2003 oh. between the Oilers and uh, Montreal Canadiens. It was wow. such a, just a unique experience just to see it and wow. see it on TV. So pretty cool and pretty cool to be reminded of all those yeah, classics. Yeah, electrifying, Yeah, I no, imagine. It's very cool, yeah. This is the uh, 20th anniversary of the Heritage Classic and the 7th edition returns to the place. It all started back in 2003 Commonwealth Stadium. This time, the Edmonton Oilers, though, hosting the Calgary Flames in the first outdoor battle of Alberta. A packed crowd of 60,000 expected. The Oilers fans hoping to see Connor McDavid, who missed the last two games. He's not going to miss this one. No chance. Local hero, though, opening the scoring. Brett Kulak grew up not far from the stadium. Scores his first of the season right there. 1-0 Oilers. Check it out. Great scenes. The home team was up 2-0 in the opening period, but the Flames cash in on the power play here. Nazem Kadri with the deflection on the Mackenzie Wieger shots. Kadri's first of the season. And that made it 2-1. Still in the first, though, Evan Bouchard with a blast from the blue line. McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl earning assists on that goal, which made it 3-1 for the home side. Yeah, home fans loving that. Now in the second period, Weger does his best McDavid impression. The shot's saved, but A.J. Greer turns in the rebound. 3-2 Oilers through two periods. And uh, actually, Oilers just scored in the third to make it 4-2. All right, so last night, 
It was uh, the Canucks taking on the Rangers. Casey Smith, his third start of the season. Rangers get an early 5-on-3 power play. They cash in Artemi Panarin with the quick wrister through a screen. 1-0 Rangers after one. Second period, Canucks tie it up. Just as the power play ends, Philip Peronik waits, and JT Miller sets up shop and... Uh, there's a nice little deflection, the perfect deflection. Miller's fourth of the year, 1-1 after two. Rangers power play, but it's Tyler Myers intercepting the pass. Two-on-one break with Sam Lafferty. The big man makes the right decision there. Keeps it and shoots and scores his second of the year. Myers playing great last night, 2-1 Vancouver. But the Rangers on a five-on-three, still on the power play. Uh, from the scramble, Adam Fox, great feat to me because Ivanichad fires his first of the year. Rangers scoring two quick goals, 3-2, New York back in front. Canucks get it back, four minutes left here. Carson Soucy from the points, blows it past Shesterkin, ties it 3-3. Great game, and we needed overtime. Andre Kuzmenko with the dangle, thinks he has the winner, but Shesterkin says no. Robbing him a couple times, had another chance with the breakaway did. Uh, Kuzmenko couldn't put that one away either. And then Elias Pettersson makes the move here. He's tripped by Chris Kreider. No penalty call. Leads directly to this game-winning goal by DeAndre Miller from Kreider. Tough way for the Canucks to lose, but they've been very good now. 5-2-1 and one on the year. I thought we played a really solid game tonight uh, as a group. I, you know, I didn't think we gave them much. Um, you know, we'll look at we'll look at some PK and get better get better that way. But uh, um, I thought we played very sound structurally, and uh, was a, I thought it was one of our most complete games this year. I thought we deserved better tonight. We we gave them nothing other than the the two five on three. So uh, I hope the guys take a nice relaxing day tomorrow. They deserve it. All right, to the pitch now. First match of the best of three series to open the MLS playoffs for the Vancouver Whitecaps. Taking on LAFC, former Whitecap Max Crippo. I'll stir in the pot a little bit last week with uh, Ryan Gold in the season-closing match. It was a 1-1 draw there. LAFC striking first off the corner kick here. Ryan Hollingshead's header is stopped by Takaoka, but he turns in the rebound from a tight angle right through Takaoka's legs. 1-0 LAFC. But the Whitecaps do respond. This one went back and forth, especially in the first half. Andres Kubos with a tremendous read to intercept the pass, and then a perfect pass for Brian White, who makes no mistake, beating Crepeau with a beautiful finish. Great response by the Caps. 1-1, all tied up. But that joy didn't last long. Just a couple minutes later, Denny Bowanga, MLS Golden Boot winner with 20 goals this season, scores a brilliant goal here. Cutting on to his favorite right and just striking home. 2-1, LAFC back in front. But Whitecaps showing resilience. Ryan Gold got the free kick. Then he delivers this one perfectly to the head of Sam Adakubi. Nods at home. Whitecaps showing some grit, some character. 2-2 at the break. Second half, though, a different story for LAFC. A corner here. Whitecaps continue to have problems defending set pieces. Chaos in the box. Ryan Holling said to... Is there Johnny on the spot putting away his second of the game? 3-2 LAFC back in front. And then on another free kick, more problems for the Caps. Denny Puanka getting a running start and firing that through traffic. Might have taken a slight deflection. 4-2 LAFC. They'll add another one off a set piece. Go up 5-2. That's how this one ends. Whitecaps will need to tighten things up defensively if they hope to pick up a win at BC Place next Sunday. It's impossible to win games if you concede three goals from the corner. So, you know, we, we were actually doing quite good lately, 
but today was one of the very similar one of the had like one of the first two games of the of the year when we we were totally overwhelmed on the set place and they and that that's that's the game Are you kidding me? Is right. Goal of the year candidate. Incredible finish. The Olympico was the game winner. Hamilton's Forge FC winning the CPL championship over Calgary's Cavalry in the 111th minute. Tristan Borges and Forge FC making history, becoming the first team to win a Canadian Premier League championship on home turf. Congrats to them. All right, now to the NFL. Week 8 of the NFL. Geno Smith up to the task here. Great job scrambling on third and goal and then drops this one into the bucket of Tyler Lockett. Had eight catches over 80 yards and that touchdown. But this was close and actually Cleveland had the lead in the fourth quarter under a minute to go. Geno Smith just brings this out to the rookie. Jackson Smith and Jigba who does the rest. Tiptoes the sideline, gets into the end zone and puts... The Seahawks up by four with under 30 seconds to go here. Cleveland, last-ditch effort, trying to make something happen. But they can't. P.J. Walker sacked on the play. Seattle defense coming up big. And a huge result for the Seahawks, improving to 5-2 and two on the season with that win. At the Mexico Grand Prix. Red Bulls, Max Verstappen continues his F1 domination. Awful day, though, for teammate Sergio Perez. Chris, to check this one out, his home race ruined on the first corner, eliminated after this crash. And after he's knocked out of this one, he is clinging to a second in the season championship. Uh, in other news, it's Max Verstappen winning once again, capturing his record 16th win of the season. Yeah, no stopping Max in F1. But uh, yeah, tough way for Perez to go out say, like that at home in front of the home fans. No kidding, eh? And uh, man, that looks kind of brutal, but he's okay though. It's one of those, yeah, it happens so quick. You yeah. think it could be really bad, but yes, yeah, seems to be all right. Okay. All right, well, thanks so much, Asa. Well, still ahead, we're going to be celebrating two decades of supporting traveling musicians. Jay Durant has more on the Duncan Showroom. That's still ahead. For two decades, it's been a spot for local and traveling musicians of all skill levels. The Duncan Showroom has been a place for artists to play and practice their performances in a small setting. Jay Durant has more on the anniversary on This Is BC. Well, good day. Welcome to the Duncan Showroom. Through a maze of oddities and collectibles accumulated over the years. The ultimate cribbage board. A chainsaw. Silent wind chime. And naturally a massive record collection. Sweet Daddy Siki was a wrestler. John Faulkner has built a one-of-a-kind music venue. And a number of people come up and go, there's no other place like this. Yeah, I know that. Why would I duplicate somebody else's work? Starting first with some free chairs he found through an ad. That gave me the energy to decide that I wanted to find a venue where no one could tell me to leave but me. For the past 20 years, he's been hosting gigs for all types of musicians. We've had a lot of performers who play world stages all around, and they come up and say, you know, this is the most unique and comfortable venue. It takes a lot of work just to get the job. 
and all ages. A room for up-and-comers to build some stage confidence. On stage, it's not that easy. Your knees shake and everything else, and you're nervous, you sweat. The one-man roadie crew takes care of everything before showtime. We've got music stands, we've got every sort of microphone you would want, we've got extra instruments, we've got a full back line. All the equipment and amenities. The green room. This is actually a room designed just for the performers, but equally as tacky from a time period way gone by. Sarah Mario. At 73, Faulkner hopes he can put in another 20 years. I got called the king of perseverance. I like that. Following his lifelong love of music and giving artists a place to share their talents. The connection between the audience, the connection to the performer, the performer feeling satisfied with what they've done. It, it, there's so many things that just say, yeah, let's keep this going for as long as we can. Jay Durant, Global News. Good stuff. If you know someone who has a great story to tell or something unique to BC that people need to know about, email your ideas to jay at thisisbc@globalnews.ca. And, you know, it's uh, Halloween just a couple of days away. Everyone's just hoping that the weather stays mm -hmm. cool and dry. Yeah, and it, it does look good. Yeah, it'll probably start to rain later Wednesday. Thursday looks soaking wet. Friday, probably some showers left over. But tomorrow, a beauty and a mix of sun and cloud for Tuesday. And as we say, dry Halloween night. It's, Excellent. Perfect. It's yeah. so great. It's just been so chilly, but oh. the sun's at least out. Oh, I out. love it. Some people are complaining I, it's too cold. No, I'll take, yeah. I'll take the cold, Me too. dry weather. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for watching. Have a good night.